Good morning, people. How are we doing today? Uh, I am low energy this morning, <gasps> but I am sure my co-host, downtown, brown town, is going to bring all the energy I'm today. bringing all the energy. Let's go. I didn't know I needed to, but it's here. I uh, I like springing things on uh, Dwayne last minute. <laughs> uh, I am your host, Yaya. Super Yaya, as people know me on the internet nowadays. Um, Dwayne, how was your day yesterday? I was uh, good. I just, I'm just curious. How you been lately? We haven't really talked. Uh, I'm good. Uh, NFL is over for me. Uh, as a sad Bills fan. Uh, so I, it's really the last hurdle I needed to get over <laughs> to get fully into the soccer season. So You're getting um, pitted? Yeah, I'm. I am pitted, man. Like I am. I am in the pit, and in, I'm ready. I'm in the pit. I'm in the pit. Sounds disgusting. <laughs> I will say that. Uh, real quick before we continue, but uh, on today's show, I do want to remind you guys today. This is the podcast. You can listen to us wherever you find your podcast, whether it be Apple, Stitcher, Spotify. It really helps us out. Also, drop a like if you're here already. We really appreciate it. It helps her higher up show that uh, we have a lot of interest in our show, and it helps the algorithm as well. Uh, today we're going to be talking about, we're going to kind of be jumping around a little bit. We're going to do a little bit of a knee-jerk reactions on the first preseason game. Then we're going to jump into who has the most pressure and who has the most to prove, Chris Armis or Porrick Smith. And at the end of the show, kind of to round things out, we'll look around the MLS, look around at some of the transfers and rumors that are going around, main storylines, and see where the Rapids stack up to the rest of the league and mostly the Western Conference. How does that Let's sound? get into it. There's the energy I was looking for. Let's go. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so first off, Rapids lost 3-1 to one to Morelia yesterday. You see how pretty that sounds when I say it, Morelia? It's so much better it, when you say it. Yeah, I say monarchs. Uh, yeah, monarchs. Monarcas. <laughs> Mon monarchas is actually one of my childhood teams when I was a kid. Uh, it was kind of insane. But they lost 3-1. Three to, three to one. Not a good showing for the squad. And the only goal came from distressed asset, <laughs> Jonathan Lewis. Is that fair to call him a distressed asset? Maybe last year, but currently he's leading the golden boot. So Rapids golden star, boot. Star star goal scorer, Jonathan Lewis. He was also in the golden boot race for the US Open Cup last year through the opening round. So, so I, I don't know. That doesn't sound very distressed to me. I mean, can you be distressed and good? No, and right now he's 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 pretty good. He's leading the goals. All right. So, what was your instant reaction when you saw the score yesterday? Everything's over. The season's over already. <laughs> Burn it all down. Let's trade all these new players for more new players. Uh, no, it's fine. It's preseason. It's a friendly. These lineups aren't the lineups that are going to be rolling out uh, during the season opener or home opener. It's getting people on the pitch playing versus people that aren't also wearing burgundy. Um, it's fine. I mean, do we want to see a win? Do we want to get a report on Twitter from the Rapids saying, you know, we beat Monarchs 3-1? to one? Of course. Yep. But this is practice. That's yeah. it. It's practice. It's it's not a real game. It's practice. It's going to be fine. I mean, the 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 overreaction, knee-jerk reaction of the day is they scored less goals on Beaudry than they did Zach Steffen. So let's trade Zach, Zach Steffen. Of course not. Like, well, this is gam, just man. practice, man. They can get a little bit of that gam for Get Zach. some more of that gam. Want to get gammed up and pitted all in one <laughs> night? We can do that here in Colorado. Um, so the lineup was was Lawless Abubakar, Cole Bassett, Bombito, Cabral, Omir, Laraz, Navajo, Preso, Captain Keegan, Mr. Rapid, Rosenberry, mm -hmm. and Zach Steffen with Jackson Travis on the other wing. Yep. What what do you get from that lineup when you see it? <clears throat> do you get is there any shocks here? Is there anything that you're like, wonder why they were starting? No, man, I don't have any shocks when it comes to preseason. <laughs> and I know that's not like good banter for the show, but it's like that's important for us to realize and to remember as fans uh, is that 
these lineups are just to test. Maybe they're testing pairings. Uh, maybe Armas wants to see, you know, uh, how Cabral and Omir go together. You know, um, how does that work with, um, you know, Navajo? Like, it, it's it's all testing right now, and it's all practice. We're talking about practice. Practice. <laughs> Shout out, Kevin. We're <laughs> quoting you and AI all in one. Um, okay, so I'm going to play a little bit of devil's advocate here. Play devil's advocate. Because we need a, there's a podcast and we need to have a conversation. Let's do it. Let's con- converse. Um, and uh, if you guys want to play devil's advocate with me or tell me I'm an idiot, play along in the comments. So my biggest thing, Rafa didn't score. He did, but it was called back. But it didn't count. Like did not it, count. It scoring means that it's on the score sheet, right? <laughs> that it's there and it's there's no complaining about it. It goes in in the record. He didn't True. score. Now we've seen this with Rafa at the end of last year and uh the second half of last year when he came in. One goal, one goal and one assist. Is this so bad for the Rapids that Rafa's not mm-hmm. gonna score even against a second division team in the Mexican division? It's not, it's not a good look. Um, we've talked off air often. Yep. Uh, and I am doing my absolute best to stay as neutral as I can on Rafa until, you know, June uh, or even May if it's not going well. Uh, until we get wingers who can properly get some service, you know, to get that ball to him. Um, I am always going to be on the fence about Rafa (laughs) and and maybe even swing a little more on the negative side of that fence until I see goals from him. Um, His price tag came in insanely high for a guy with one goal and one assist in 10 matches last season. Um, that's a red flag for me. Um, it's not a hundred percent red flag because again, we didn't have anybody to get the ball to him. But so for me, I'm again, this is practice right now. There's a brand new squad coming together. Once we get maybe five games into the season, if there's still no goals, then that's a red flag. Uh, by by the fifth game, he should have two or three goals by now. And I and that's the whole thing, right? You're playing against the lower division. You're playing against lower competition. In all honesty, whether you have your full squad, because I don't think Jordy played. I don't think Sam was out, Sam was out there yet because he barely yep. signed. Um, I believe there was a couple other players that uh, Brigandy Wave reported on not being uh, not participating in the game. But. Goal scoring doesn't require tactics, right? That's goal true. Scoring requires, if you're a striker. Yeah. You're a striker. It requires you just having a nose for the goal. Yeah. And we didn't see it last year from Rafa. And I was, this morning, I was taking a shower. I had my suds going, you know, like, and I, all I could think about in the shower while being fully nude was Rafa. I don't need details on uh, that. All I could think was about Rafa, right? And, Stick to sports, buddy. Uh, <laughs> some people think that's a sport. Um and the whole thing with Rafa becomes you're paying this huge price tag if the reported numbers are true. And that could probably be bought down a little bit. But there's also a lot of evidence from last year where he didn't do much. He didn't have anything on the score sheet. Now, I can think of a few moments where I thought he was really good and should have mm-hmm. scored. He's good on the ball. or Exactly, or created yeah. something else. Now, my fear is what if he would just want to go get another Rubio, which is a 9-10 hybrid, Instead of a pure ten, a pure nine that scores, and because one of the biggest plays, and I tra- I was just trying to think about Rafa, and what I remember from him last year the most, and one of the things I remember the most was him running on that edge. I think against uh, Ralph Lake at the last game and taking two three guys on, and then creating a chance. It wasn't him actually assisting. It wasn't him actually getting on the score sheet. It was him kind of creating more than anything else. So now my fear becomes, do we need an actual nine and kind of mess with the with the rotation a little bit? Or can Rafa really prove to be that goal-scoring machine that the Rapids need and have been lacking for the last two, three years, except for that one year that Rubio had 16 goals? I would say it's much longer than two or three years. Uh, Connor Casey era then. Yeah. Consistent um, score. 
I I am firmly in the camp that we don't need uh, we don't need anything up front other than a true striker. Uh, we've not seen a strike like a true striker in Burgundy and Blue, uh, maybe since Connor Casey. You know, um, you know. I need someone who, when we put players out on the field, I think, oh, thank goodness, like we've got somebody who can take the ball and put it in the net without like everything having to go perfect. You know, like yep. I need someone who is a striker whose sole mentality is my job is to put the goal in the back or ball in the back of the net, period. And, you know, I know every soccer player is thinking that, but I mean, legit striker. Yeah. Um, that has the nose for goal, right? Yes. So let me ask this question. I think we've had a very good off season so far. Yeah. If we don't have a striker with all of these offseason moves that are strengthening the back line, strengthening the mid midfield, strengthening our goalkeeper situation, uh, but we still find ourselves a, a goal-needy squad, mm -hmm. is this offseason a failure? Yeah, because if you're not scoring goals, the whole thing the arm is in. Um, who said it in the chat? Uh, somebody in the chat said, let me see who said it really quick. Um, M. Wealth. The whole thing was that Armas said the whole issue last year was that Navarro didn't have uh, correct service or didn't have any service, didn't yep. have any help up front, and couldn't score goals because he didn't have the opportunities. Correct. So if you come into the soft season and your whole goal is to bring in guys like uh, Jordi Mihalovic, bring in Omir Fernandez, give, Jasper, uh, Jasper uh, Lofsen, and Cole Bassett is taking a bigger role, and you still can't get goals from your star, quote-unquote, DP9, it is a huge problem. And the offseason does become a failure. And it becomes something kind of worthless at that point because you can only win by scoring more than the other yeah. team. And if you can't even score, you're not, you're not going to win a lot of games, right? We're going to have a lot of last year repeat where it's 0-0 draws. It's going to be a lot of 1-1. Uh, you can get that little final edge to take the team over over the hump. And that's where it becomes very, very difficult for me to look at this offseason as a success. Sure. Even if it is a funner team. Because the whole you're always trying to win. And if you don't have the if you don't have the the goal score or the goals, it doesn't matter, right? At the you're end correct. of it, it's on mute. Even if Zach Stefan comes out with 15, 20 clean sheets, it doesn't matter. Because at the end of the day, you're not winning games with clean sheets unless you're scoring. Now, kind of back to that, if they do become needy, that's one of the reasons that I was kind of advocating for Chicharito. I thought Chicharito could come in here and be a backup, coming off injury, high-profile name, could come in and kind of uh, surplant Navarro if needed. I don't think he was going to be the star DP that Galaxy had anymore, or even what Chivas thinks they're getting, because I don't think Chivas is going to get <laughs> that star player again. But I think having a guy like Chicharito would have been a lot of fun on this team. Coming For off sure. the bench, some veteran presence. And you saw a lot of jerseys where you might get a third kit next year. And that would have been really fun to me. Yeah. Right? But now uh, Kevin says Kai Kamara is out there. I think Kai Kamara is too much of a distraction. I don't think there's going to be a lot of guys out there left that can bring that punch that a, a guy like Chicharito could have. And could have been on the bench for a long period of time. And if it didn't work out with Rafa or... Let's say the Brazilian team couldn't what they want to um, negotiate down his con the by clause. You're kind of out of a striker if you don't if you can't negotiate that buy down if he's not great but good. And now you don't have a backup, right? You have Yappy who struggled, still really young, only 19 years old. But do you want to put all that trust on a 19 year old? Look no, what happened last, last year. year. <laughs> exactly. <didn't> <laughs> And that's why I think another striker is going to be necessary addition to this team because I don't think Calvin Harris plays a little bit of striker, but you saw him one game, didn't work out great. Yep. You saw um, Jonathan Lewis plays a little bit of that too. But again, not great, good, kind of just few minutes. But you need a reliable, reliable nine. And that's, I think, where it comes down to, I think you have to go get another guy to be behind Yappy and... Um, 
and Rafa, that's a little bit more proven. For sure. And this is all based off one preseason game that we didn't watch. <laughs> By the way, guys, I want to remind everybody these are <laughs> these are these are overreactions. This is a complete overreaction. <laughs> this is a knee jerk, right? But this is what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to spe- over speculate. And uh, underanalyzed. That's what this I podcast is I love the chat, for. though. I mean, how often is it that the chat is the most uh, logical uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, well-tempered uh, on a show? So, um, yeah, lots of people, you know, say Logan, uh, Crash, everybody, you know, let's. you're totally right. This is one preseason game like we started the show off. <laughs> this yeah. is practice, guys. Uh, it, it, it is just tinkering putting bodies out on the field um you know it, it it's just seeing who is going to rise to the top at this point to become the starter um it, it's trying different pairings so that when substitutions are made do we know who we're going to bring in um or maybe who stays on the bench a little longer um this is all testing you know this is the lab right now like we're in rapids lab and, you know, Armis and, and the rest of the front office and coaches, they're testing, you know, they're 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 pouring all the different ingredients into different tubes and, and they're dumping it all out on the pitch, you know, during a friendly because that's what friendlies are for. Um, it doesn't matter if, if any goals are scored. If you win, you lose. It's practice to see how things are lining up. Yeah, so. this is a knee-jerk reaction all the way, right? Totally. It, and remember last year, the Rapids absolutely murdered in preseason and then came into the season and got <laughs> murdered 0-4? to four. Yes. So it's preseason. <laughs> it doesn't matter. None of this matters. But I thought it was an interesting conversation to have about Rafa. Sure. And I think it's an overreaction, kind of, because it is something we saw last year. Mm-hmm. Then you kind of get the first preseason game. And not the score itself is very telling. It's more that Rafa didn't score. Yeah. That made me feel a little bit, not uneasy, but a little bit more doubtful than I was maybe just a week ago. Yeah. I'm always going to be worried um, about Rafa or, or Yappy or really anybody who is the nine at the Colorado Rapids yep. until I see them score multiple goals. Um I that is just I think that is part of being a Rapids fan <laughs> is to be worried about the striker position. Um, that's that's part of uh, the Rapids, uh, you know, supporter fan experience. Um, so, you know, am I worried right now? Yeah, a little bit. And that's mostly because of last season. Uh, but again, we have to see what these new players with Armis um you know, the new system um, uh, that is going to look different than last year and how those wingers impact uh, Rafa and, and how, you know, someone can service the ball in and, and what that really looks like. And that's part of preseason. Hopefully we start to see some of that. I do think by the time they get back to Florida and they're playing, you know, in mid-February and they're playing those last couple of friendlies, um, I think Orlando, um, Hartford, um, I can't remember the other one, um, maybe New York or somebody, I can't remember. But regardless, they're going to be playing in Florida. Those last you know, three friendlies, I think, you're going to start to see more like this is what the setup is actually yep. going to be. These are the wingers we're going to see start, and you're going to start to see them kind of moving into that new formation, coming more towards the middle versus – running outside all the way down to the corner and praying uh, that someone's going to be open in front of the goal. Um, And and that's when it's time that we can really truly kind of listen to these reports, read the recap and see like what was going on. Um, Yeah. Then we can be worried a little bit. And just for you guys know, the second half was started by uh, Seb, Beaudry, Edwards, Gavon, Hanya, shout out, follows me on Twitter, Calvin Harris, Nate Jones, (laughs) Jonathan Lewis, Maxu, Ronan, and Yappy. So it was a completely different lineup in the second totally. half. And that's kind of where we have to take it, like, here and there, right? The first lineup had a lot of the new guys. They had a lot of the guys that were just kind of brought in. It had Omir. It had uh, Zach Steffen. It had Jackson Travis, who really hasn't had a lot of minutes in the MLS at all. Ali, who yeah. last year, again, not a lot of minutes. And Prislo, who we all love and adore and want here to be for a long time. <laughs> uh, that was sarcasm for anybody here. Um, my other big takeaway from this whole kind of thing 
looking at the preseason and kind of just thinking about it was Lawless Abubakar got the start over Maksu. And I don't mean this in a negative way. Like, I like Lawless. Mm -hmm. Um, But there was also a report that there's a Turkish team out there trying to bring him on on loan or buy him for next year. And my biggest question was, uh, do they see the Rapids as... Do they the, the do the rapid see Lawless as an actual piece for this year, or do they think he's more of a trade bait and they want to keep him a little bit more fresh? So if he does end up going to Turkey, he has a shot to succeed because I know the Rapids like to treat their guys well. At the end of the day, I don't think they think of Lawless as a starter anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I, def- I definitely think there's he's a guy coming off the bench. Um, Lawless is an athlete like anybody else and i am sure he wants to start mm-hmm. um you know the rapids are usually very good to their players um you know for some of those players kind of on the fringe whether it's you know r2 or it's guys who are more bench players if, if they want to get out and get somewhere where they can have more minutes um you know we've found mm-hmm. that the coaches in front office you know usually do a pretty good job of some of those players um kind of on that fringe so I'm sure, you know, I'm sure his agent is looking around, you know, like Jim was saying, his agent's shopping around. Again, this is all, until we have confirmation, this this Turkish thing is a rumor. Yep. Um, We don't have any information to confirm any of that. We're just as in the dark on that as as you guys are. Um, It's, you know, we've seen the rumors. We've not seen or heard anything outside of that. So... Maybe it happens, maybe it doesn't. I would think if you are in the midst of um, it, trying to transfer a player, you probably don't play them. Yep. So the fact that he was playing yesterday tells me maybe there's less to that rumor than there is truth. That's yeah. just my take, uh, which could be completely wrong. Um, but I don't know. If, if I'm trying to shop a guy... I'm not going to risk injury uh, during a preseason friendly. Uh, yeah, exactly. And the big other biggest thing is uh, with Lawless, man, judgmental says uh, he's too unpredictable on the bitch uh, on the bitch on the pitch, and it's a uh, card machine. The biggest thing with Lawless is if you bring him in for the last twenty minutes, he's going to give it his all. You saw it last year against SKC, right? It was early season but he was out there throwing his body in front of in front of everybody and kind of just protecting that rapid's back line and that's what i like about lawless if you need a guy that's going to be headstrong gonna throw his um yeah throw his body in front of goal and just be ready to do anything to take out the win that's kind of what you need at the end of the game you need somebody that's willing to put in block shots, mm-hmm. be aggressive, even if he gets a yellow, as long as he doesn't concede a penalty and he can win those games, I'm off war. Sure. And that's why I want Lawless as a backup. It is a hefty price tag to carry, but it's only for one more year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have Moyes on a controlled contract with a GA. So it's a good kind of um, it's a good kind of thing to have in your back pocket an experienced center back in a league that it's kind of lacking center back depth in a lot of places, yep. right? So, in my opinion, I think Lawless should be a contributor this year, even if it's a three-center-back rotation, especially with so many uh, games coming up in mid to late June. Yeah, and that's exactly what I was going to bring up, is once we get to that June-July schedule, um, we're going to want as much depth for the Rapids as we can possibly get. Um, and, and when you have depth, you don't just want a body you can put out there. You know, if your depth piece is Lawless Abubakar, that's great. Yeah. You know, I mean, yes. Does he have, you know, is he somewhat of a wild card sometimes, you know? Like, yes. Uh, Who amongst us doesn't have flaws? (laughs) The last last two seasons, yes. But, you know, uh, that that was everyone on the back line um, was as much of a – a savior as much as they were a, a ruiner of games at times last season. So it's, um, you know, Jim puts a, a good point too, is that it adds competition to the back line. If anything, um, you know, that's a good point too. 
Uh, you don't have to rely on Nate Jones. Yeah, look, a if, rookie to come yeah. in there and play big minutes for you at if all times. If Maxu were to get hurt, and and Bombi were to get hurt, and we had to go to Lala Sabubakar, I would feel pretty good about that. Exactly. You know, otherwise you're dipping into R two, uh, and, and you don't know what you're gonna get. So if we keep Lala around. Yeah, it's a bit of a, a chunk of change for a guy who might be coming off the bench consistently, um, you know, or even not coming in, you know, but every few games. Uh, but if we have the money um, and we're not going to get, you know, his value on the transfer market, then, um, man, what a great depth piece to have. You know, we're, we're lucky to have that. Yeah, exactly. And the other thing is like, yeah, uh, Bombi did do that whole rookie thing, and he had a great time. But also, he didn't start off the year, right? He did, he wasn't the, the starter. He kind of yeah. grew into that. So if you have somebody that can ha- kind of help him on the Nate Jones on the bench, kind of bring in, oh, bring man, him I up to speed. Forgot about Nate Jones exactly. Too. But just kind of bring him up to speed a little bit, right? Yeah. Because he is a rookie, and it is hard. And he is younger than Bombi when he came into the league. Yep. So kind of having a little bit of that might help him out quite a bit. Might just kind of help Nate Jones have a voice of leadership and reason and a really good guy, a really good locker room guy lit on the bench. Sure. Again, I did say it's 700K, I think, for this year, but that's it. It's the end of the contract. And when he got this, his contract, he was very serviceable for the first couple of years. And I think that contract at the end of it, it might not look good now, but if we look at it in the full scope, I think it was a pretty good. Sure. It was a pretty good contract at the end. And look, like, you know, if we had our way, I think we would certainly pick, you know, Bombi to get the start alongside Maxu, mm-hmm. um, get Nate Jones in there as many minutes as well. We know what we have in Lawless, so it's, you know, can we get the young kids minutes? It certainly would be my preference. Um, you know, I know some people in the chats are saying that as well. Um, yes, definitely want to get the kids in um, and get as many minutes as possible because they are going to be the future um, of what's happening for the Rapids back line. So, but again, if Lawless is a depth piece for us and a guy to continue his work off the pitch with, you know, Rapids Unified Club and the stuff he's doing in the community, bonus. Yep. You know, if we transfer him and get a good, you know, sum back, bonus. Uh, It's really kind of a win-win with the Lawless situation. You don't, you can't lose on this in my opinion. Um, Real quick, before we continue on to the next topic, uh, Logan did say it in the chat. We're trying send good vibes to Mitch. He's going through a hard time right now. Uh, wish him, a- wish him a lot of love. Wish him a lot of just kind of be there for him. Show him a little bit of support. Uh, we wish everything's good for you, Mitch. Only good vibes your way. And if you need anything, Rapids community will always be here for you. We got you, buddy. Um, I kind of want to step back a little bit more and look at what the Rapids front office and coaching dynamic has kind of become. And my big my big question is, who has more to prove in the 2024 season? Chris Armis or Porrick Smith? Do you want me to jump into that? Yeah, go ahead. It's like, 100% Chris Armis. Really? Yes. And the reason is Chris Armis came in here to a parade of negativity uh, and everyone hating on that position, not just within Rapids Faithful, but across MLS, fans were pointing and laughing at the Rapids for hiring Chris Armas. Uh, his record is not great. Um, his resume is not terrific. Um, he has so much to prove, um, and he's been very upfront about it. Um, with this, and his his contract, I, I can't remember. I want to. Did they did they come out with the contract or not? I want to say I, like it wasn't a long. One. It was a one in one, I think. Yeah, reported so, by Burgundy Wave and Matt Pollard. Yeah, <laughs> so it, even even his contract is not a um, typical Rapids contract. Maybe that's a good thing because we tend to do those extensions and then <laughs> the person's gone a year later. Um, so he's only got two years to prove himself. Um, and everything against him when he came in. Uh, I, you know, obviously I think with most fans as a dude, he's won most of us over, you know, whether it's showing up at the Celtic with C38, um, being there to hang out with C38, uh, to talk, 
to interact, whether it was coming on the show here at DMVR Rapids and then hanging out downstairs at DMVR bar to hang out with fans. Uh, just he's done everything that was asked of him and more to get the people to follow him as a dude. Fair to say most people were all down with Chris Armas as a dude. Really good dude. Really good leader in my Lead, opinion. Yeah, like he says the right things. Um, the, the players seem to love him. You know, the, the club loves him. Most of us love him. We still have to know if he's good at coaching or not. Because if this season looks like last season, or if we have a good season this year, but then next season turns into last season, uh, the pitchforks are going to come out. The torches are going to come out. Everyone's going to raid Dick Sporting Goods Park again and be furious. So um, I think Chris Armas has everything to prove right now. Um, Porg's record has been up and down. He's made some good signings. He's made some bad signings. Um, coaching hires have started off really good, have have really you know turned into a pumpkin at midnight and, and looked really bad. Um, so he's had more of that up and down, whereas Armis is coming in from a place of not too many uh, believing in him as a coach, not as a leader or a person, but simply as a guy who gets players on the field to win games. So I think he's the one who has the most to prove. Um, and the great thing is I think he freaking loves that. Like, <laughs> I think he can't wait to prove that. So I'm, you know, I'm inspired by, you know, encouraged by that. I think you put some really good points and made some really good points on this and why, why it's Armist. But the right answer, in my opinion, it's Porky Smith. Because he's been here longer He's had one really successful season and about two, three middling seasons. Mm -hmm. And then the rest are kind of bad, right? There's a lot of bad ones. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> so the biggest thing is Porrick Smith's job kind of lands on where, what Armis does. At the end of the day, he did hire Armis. He did give him a shorter contract. He did make that decision. He's um, judgmental Jim made a great point. He's had three head coaches. Uh, one of them, horrid. The other one did okay. In my opinion, Frazier was kind of like a 4-5 in a 10. If we're rating him at 1 out of 10. And then you bring in Chris Armis, who doesn't have a good uh, record with teams and fans and all this kind of thing. And it kind of brings in to, you chose Armis. So if Armis doesn't do well, you're not going to do well. And if Armas does well, you're not going to get any of that credit. Armas is going to get that credit. Maybe Rapids fans will know it is. But for the most of perception around the league will be Porig. It will be Chris Armas turned the Rapids around. It will be Chris Armas did this. And I think Porig has the most to prove it this season because he has to show that every move that he's made is to make the team a playoff, an MLS contender, an MLS cup contender. And I'm not calling them an MLS Cup contender because I think they're an MLS Cup contender. It comes straight from Porig's mouth every time he talks to the press, every time he talks to the media. He tells us, my goal is to win MLS Cup every single year. And at the end of the day, if MLS Cup is his goal, if that's his expectations for the Rapids, and they come short of that, it's not going to be good. It's going to fall on him. It's not going to fall on Armis. Whether Armis was good or not, at the end of the day, he hired Armis. He's going to take all the blame for everything because he's the one that put the team together. So let's say Jordy Mihaljevic doesn't break the assist record and become the star we expect him to be with that DP tag on him. That's going to fall on Porig. It's not going to fall on Armis. Let's say Zach Steffen is one of the worst goalkeepers in the league. That's not going to fall on Armis either. That's going to fall on Porig. He's going to need these players to perform and show that he can scout talent and bring in good players to show the Rapids are MLS Cup contenders, not just do things that he wants to do or bring in players that are widely liked to bring in more attention to the team. He needs to, the results will help Armis, but if results go wrong, it will be a bigger 
it's a, uh, a bigger negative on Porig than it will be Armif because we kind of know that Armif's bad records kind of follow him around, right? He hasn't had a lot of winning seasons as a head coach. Here's where I'll disagree. <laughs> How many bad seasons have we had that Porig has been fired for? None. How many bad seasons have we had that coaches took the rap and got fired for? Two. That's where I think the pressure is on Armis more than Porig. Uh, I think that the ownership is much more lenient with the front office. Uh, and when, it, you know, if Jordy doesn't work out, if Stefan doesn't work out, you know, it will come down to, well, the coach isn't doing the job again. So good thing we only gave him two years. Let's, uh, you know, we're going to have to go ahead and get rid of him. Uh, and it'll be another coaching change. Um, so that's where I think, you know, Armis still has a lot more to prove in that coaches, you know, not just with the Rapids, I think, you know, pretty much in every team in MLS, uh, and even, you know, almost every sport when there's a scapegoat to be found, it's almost always the coach. Sometimes that's the coach's fault. Sometimes it is a squad that's underperforming. Sometimes it's a bunch of injuries, and because of that, the squad is underperforming, but the coach gets blamed at the end of the day for that. So uh, I do think that there's a lot more to prove for Armis. Um, you know, he only gets two seasons. Uh, you know, to have true culture change usually takes three yeah. to four years. He's getting two soccer seasons to do that. Uh, to really flip the script and create a culture of winning at Dick's Sporting Goods Park. Uh, so he, he's got a tall task in front of him. He, you know, he's coming in with a lot of, you know, a, not a great resume, not a great past as far as wins and losses are concerned as a coach. So um, I feel like Armis is carrying a lot of it on his shoulders where I feel as if it doesn't go wrong uh, or it doesn't go well, uh, then Porg will probably be around to choose the next coach. I really don't think so. Like I, I see where you're coming from, and I, and I completely get that point sure. of view. Like I really do. But is giving Armis a one and one isn't it also kind of an out for Cronky to say oh, the head absolutely. coach is out yes. and Porg is out? It could be. Isn't it an out to kind of clean house and start from brand new? Sure. And that's the way I look at it. As much as we hate to say it, and I hate to say it. Kroenke invested in this team this season. He gave them and said, hey, increase sure budget. Looks that way. <laughs> and, and you can tell right away, right, with the players they brought in. They spent money this season. It's There's no excuse. They I feel like they brought in high-quality players. Yeah, I agree. But at the end of the day, if Porik brought the high-quality players and Armis doesn't perform, that's going to fall on Porik for bringing in Armis. Because you only did part of the job right. You only constructed the roster. You didn't yeah. find the correct leader to take the roster to the next level. And that's how I look at it. Kroenke wants to win enough that he opened up the, the checkbook and said, here's some money to go spend on it. Go get some dudes. And that's why I think it's all going to fall on Porig at the end of the day because of that one and one you You look at it as, oh, it's short leash for armies. I look at it, it's a short leash for Porig. It's a short leash because they're telling you, this is your last shot. If it doesn't work out, he's out after this year or next. It's a one and one It's a one-year contract with a one-year option. So even the second year is not guaranteed. They can just be like, we're not going to do it again. And they're just going to finish out the year, go get another head coach, maybe go get another GM and try it all over again. Even if Porter just got a contract extension, you saw they gave one to Frazier and they're like, all right, you're out of here. It didn't work out. Yep. So I think at the end of the day, it is going to be a big, it's going to be a storyline for the Rapids all year. That dynamic of who's in, who's out, who's to blame, who's not to blame, if anything goes wrong. If all things goes right, we're not even going to have this, this discussion again until maybe next year, unless it works or not. And Fox State footy, which I think it's Warners, uh, yeah, the pressure is on Armis, but at the end of the day, I feel like it's all going to fall on pouring. Because it all goes back up. Who hired Armis? Who created the roster? You can only do so much as a GM, and the rest of your job is reliance on other people. 
Yeah, I mean, those are all good points. Uh, I think we're both right, <laughs> uh, you know, from, you know, both of those perspectives. You know, I've, I've rarely seen a GM, you know, get the hook. Uh, you know, when it's usually the coach that gets the hook. I think what makes, you know, to your point, I think what makes this situation unique is that Porg has had a lot of years now. Um, most GMs don't last that long, except for clubs like the Rapids or Chicago, Montreal. That, uh, by the way, that's not really a compliment. Um, yeah. And, you know, a lot of people in the chats are saying, you know, this, you know, could be Porig's last hire as coach if it doesn't go well. Um, what it all gets back to is top to bottom at this club whether you're a player, a coach, someone in the front office, uh, I would even dare to say the ownership in the sense that they are greenlighting a lot of moves this offseason, um, you know, to people inside the building doing the behind-the-scenes stuff. Everybody at this club right now is something to prove, FC, yeah. you know, as the joke keeps going. Like, um Everybody at this club has something to prove. Everybody, um, you know, it, the pressure is on for yeah. everybody. In, in many instances, we're seeing good work being done already. We see it, um, you know, through all of these, you know, trades, the draft, the transfers that are happening, like Porg's making moves, the front office is making moves, um, you know, Armis is before he could even get on the pitch and work with these guys, he was already putting in the work with the fans, um, right on up to social. Uh, that video with um, with Drew Moore oh, turning the video. number over to Vines, the number three, I mean, the social accounts are, are bringing it this offseason. Um, communications with, you know, getting media day, getting enough time for everybody to get their questions in, um, getting folks there. Like you just get a sense that everybody in the building uh, is feeling that pressure to move on from the last two seasons hundred uh, and really bringing it. So I think the pressure's on everybody yep. <laughs> right yeah, now fair. and not in a negative way. Like everybody seems to be enjoying it. You know, um, that, uh, I know this is comment was pretty the error comment that um that the social media manager made oh yeah <laughs> great great content it's yeah i just it, it seems to be you know as a as a fan as someone here at dmvr rapids who is talking about the team uh i cannot remember an off season that has been that has had this much to talk about in, in a positive way yeah it's been really really fun to have all these new players come in um, hopefully, I mean, we're all crossing our fingers that this all bleeds into the season, that we have a season that is fun to talk about, that we don't have post games <laughs> like we did last year, uh, that got a little old, uh, from talking about losses, you know, I completely want to have some winners lounges this year, you know, I lost things to talk about towards <laughs> the end of the year. If I'm honest with you, like, I'm like, how many times can I say this team is bad? Yeah. So hopefully we're done with that. Uh, the offseason certainly seems on all fronts over in that building to be all rowing in the same direction. There's your rapids whitewater rafting connection for today. Uh, everyone is rowing in the same direction, um, and that is to get wins. They do, and, and they do feel more locked in for sure. Yeah, they do. I will say that. Um, one last thing is uh, I want to talk about uh, Miguel Navarro kind of leaving uh, the Rapids mm -hmm. after the Sammy Vines was uh, official. Uh, I'm not 100% sure if uh, the Navarro thing is official, but it looks like it is. A lot of players are reporting on it that he's going to go out to Uruguay, I believe it is, uh, and try to be a starting left back. He wants to play in the World Cup. That World Cup's coming up in two years. If you're sitting for a year, it's not going to be real helpful. Yep. So I think it's good that it's a loan because if it's a loan, you still have backup depth going forward. And maybe even a, a piece that you can make some money on going forward. So I don't think it's a bad move. I think it's a good move. I'd, I'd rather keep him here, keep that depth. But at the end of the day, 
you also got to do what the player wants and the player wants a little bit more playing time yeah and i think it's fair and that's something i think the rapids have been really good at which is being fair to their players and what they're looking to do and what they want to do sure um all right any final thoughts on who has the most pressure it's us <laughs> us too <laughs> we're the we're holding There's this thing so up by a, a thread <laughs> that's what it is all right so kind of even backing up a little bit more and taking a look not just at the rapids and those storylines there's been more moves around the MLS since last week. More kind of, not I wouldn't say groundbreaking, but even rumors that can change the West outlook. Out of these moves in the last week or so, is there any of them that stand out to you? Oh, man. Um, if you don't, that's fine. I have one that it's, might. It's not moves for me. It's more rumors okay. uh, and drama that are hitting clubs that to me, um, you know, I just kind of do the Mr. Burns evil thing, you know, is, is to, you know, give my evil laugh and rub my hands together and, <laughs> you know, love the fact that other squads are, are dealing with drama. Um, because that could, that could wreck a team. Uh, and I, I am all for that chaos in other clubs. So, you talk moves, and then I'll tell you the, the chaos that I'm that I'm cheering for. All right. First one that kind of stands out to me that I kind of like, I don't think it's people are going to realize how much of an impact I think it'll be at the end of the day. It's going to be a Como leaving St. Louis City. Young striker. Mm -hmm. I think he's only 19 years old. I think St. Louis City did the right thing. I think St. Louis City... Gave the kid an opportunity that shouldn't have, that deserved the opportunity. But now my worry is, what's the depth look behind Klaus? I think Klaus is a really good player. I really like him. But you also saw last year, he struggled a little bit with injuries. And I think that can be something very detrimental to a young team that's yeah. very young in not just their players, but also in being in the MLS. And my biggest issue is, Let's say Klaus, Klaus goes down. Who's up next? I don't know. That's a hard position to fill in the MLS, you know. Striker's the hardest position to fill around yeah. the world. Striker and left back, man. Like, that's that's hard. So, it's somebody like me who's always clamoring for a nine. <laughs> yeah. uh, that That's a bold move. Yeah. When you've got an older player... Who could be injured at any time yeah yeah he was injured last year exactly you know, so all right the next one that kind of um brings a little bit of more like what the hell's going on in story uh, like a storyline it's reynoso showed up to <laughs> camp three days ago when this camp is this is one of my rumor ones okay yeah this is that good. started about a week that let's when he, get into camp it. and everything started like maybe a week <laughs> ago and he barely showed up three days ago for the second season in a row Reynoso has Reynoso has uh, shown up late to camp. What is that? What do you make of that? Oh man, here's what I make of it. Awesome. <laughs> Reynoso, from me to you, buddy, I want you to make this all about yourself. Uh, don't worry about the club. They'll figure it out. Make this whole thing about you. If that angers other players or the front office or anybody in the club, dude, that's okay. You do what you have to do to take care of yourself. And if that team burns for a little bit, hey, they're in the Western Conference. I'll take it. So, uh, yeah, I'm all for Minnesota just <laughs> imploding. <laughs> with any other, you know, Western Conference team. That team has been a mess for it's the last year. It's part of my year. strategy. That team has complete, has been a complete utter mess for the last year. Ever since Reynoso had those charges brought up to me in the, I forget if it was Brazil or Argentina. It doesn't feel like Minnesota can correct the ship, but they have so many talented players that they do enough to get into playoffs. They do get, they do enough to get, not into playoffs, but get into that contention, into into that conversation of hey they might be good next year it just takes a little bit of magic 
And then you bring in uh, Pookie and all these guys, and it's like the talent's there, but the culture and the structure just doesn't seem to be there for Minnesota. No, it's a mess. Like, loons are just such a mess right now. You know, it's, someone was, I think it was Weath was asking, like, does Minnesota have a coach? No, they still don't have a coach. It's like an I, interim. I think they had interim, well, right? Yeah, the like interim, that. they had the interim, and then he was like, nah, forget this, I'm out. Uh, so they're on their second interim coach. Uh, their superstar doesn't want to be there. Um, you know, whatever the reason is, I don't really care. That's one less team for us to have to worry about. Um, my strategy is awesomeness for Rapids, chaos for everybody else. And Minnesota is one of those clubs, at least early in the season, that's going to be dealing with a lot of chaos. If that equals enough losses at the beginning of the season and they can't catch up once they get it together, super. That's one less team that we have to worry about. Dude, I'm, I'm all in for Minnesota imploding. <laughs> I don't like Minnesota. Anything Minnesota-related is probably horrible. Oh, it's uh, so beautiful. Uh, I want their club to do terrible. Minnesota sucks. Minnesota is beautiful. Minnesota sucks. Gorgeous. Um, another team that I feel like has made a lot of Good moves, decent moves, and rumored to make more is LA Galaxy. Yes. Uh, Miguel Agreed. Berry, Mickey Yamane, and John McCarthy are joining the Galaxy. Two of those are on free, which is Miguel Berry and McCarthy. Uh, Mickey Yamane, I don't know how much his transfer fee is. Uh, I didn't look it up before this. And the report I'm seeing doesn't have a number. Um, out of all the teams in the West, I feel that's the team that's improved the most besides the Rapids. Yeah, Galaxy and Rapids both had bad years last year, mm -hmm. um, and their front offices have both been at it in their own way. It's certainly within their styles, you know, the Galaxy style of spend all the money, get the names to come in. Um, you know, the Rapids style is a little more grassroots, though we do have some names this time. Um, you know, but in their own way, both of these clubs – have certainly put pen to paper to sign contracts, um, have spent the money to get reinforcements. Both of those teams are going to be moving up the table in the Western Conference. Yeah, and year, I forgot for Gabriel sure. Peck, too, as well. That's another one that's going to mm -hmm. come in. Um, but that's the biggest thing with Galaxy, right? I feel like they see an opportunity to take LA back right now. I think... Well, that's leading into my next world of drama. So, <laughs> real quick, just on Galaxy... LAFC is bad right now. They're struggling. They're losing a lot of key pieces. And Kalen and their, uh, the whole thing with Wonga. Vela's maybe coming back or not. They're still up in the air. Ila uh, Sanchez, really old. Sanchez Ila or whatever. I can't. I don't remember. Is on the older side. And it just feels like Galaxy see an opportunity for them to come in and take the rightful place of LA, what they think it's the rightful place. Yep. And I think that's why that's one of the best rivalries, right? Because they are so close to each other. Sure. They are very, they're teams that can take away, that uh, can get high-end players, big-name players. And it just feels like Galaxy are like, okay, they're the uphill, the uphill thing that LFC had where they were the top, top of the West, top of LA, is kind of diminishing little by little. And oh, I don't feel like they, they haven't found the players that can fill the rules that they had. But I don't think it's going to be enough for the Galaxy. I think missing a player like Chicharito that is just an absolute superstar and the, as a striker is going to be missing. I think Puj can come in and be that superstar, but I still think you need to pair him with somebody else that's just going to score scores at every time. I think Orgy, uh, Orgy, I don't know how to say his name, uh, would be a great addition to them. And I know there's rumors MLS teams are looking at him. But I think LA Galaxy are still a, a piece or two away for them to actually be what Galaxy was a few years ago. I've, I think Galaxy is going to jump over LAFC this year. Oh, wow. Um, and we can talk about the Buanga thing now. Yeah. And one, I know Buanga watches the show. He's a regular watcher. He He's a Rapids fan. He heart. doesn't get into the chat very much, but Wonga, I know that you're watching right now. You're listening. Uh, listen, man, what LAFC is doing to you is not okay. Uh, hey, you want to get to Europe? 
buddy, you look out for yourself. You get to Europe. Don't you worry about LAFC. You just pack your bags and get on out of there and just let LFC be in your rearview mirror. Uh, that's all I want for Bwanga is for him to be successful um, away from LAFC. Yep. Uh, I do think that that drama is going to continue. I hope it continues. Um, you know, I, I, again, I want the drama for LAFC. I want there to be internal strife so that the team starts to fall apart. Um, in addition to that, I do think Galaxy is making moves. I think when you lose key pieces in LAFC and you only bring in one guy, uh, that's not sending the right message yeah. to your to your players. Um, and I, I think it's sort of the start of start of that flip flop, the fall of a LAFC where Galaxy jumps back over. Um, I don't like Galaxy. I don't like LAFC, um, but I will always support an original 96 club over any of these new teams. 100%. So uh, I'm rooting for Galaxy to at least be the best in L.A. Um, outside of L.A., don't give a crap. You know, I, I'd love for them to finish last place and second to last place if I had my wish. Um, well, third to last place, second to last place, and then RSL at the bottom. Is, is my dream situation. Yeah. But I mean, um, who's, who's, who doesn't dream about that? <laughs> who doesn't right? dream about that? But uh, yeah, I, I do think Gal Galaxy has made the moves to become competitive with LAFC. Um, I don't think LAFC has done enough in the right direction. If anything, they've made the wrong moves. This I mean, they lost season. Palacios, they yeah. lost Vela, they lost Cellini. Uh, Crepo is going to be. Uh, it was going to be. Planted by Yoris, but even Yoris is older. Yeah, but a goalkeeper, maybe he's like low, uh, young 30s, you know what I mean? But either way, like it's not a young, it's not a spring chicken team anymore. No, and um, it, it can't be a good signal to the players to lose guys and not really bring anybody in. Yeah, um, exactly. And the other thing is, judgmental Jamin Wanners are talking about Chicharito. <laughs> I don't think Chicharito was the answer last year. But I really do believe that the quality of a, a high-end quality player like Chicharito is what Galaxy needs. I'm not saying Chicharito from last year. Maybe a Chicharito from two years ago is what Galaxy need to, Galaxies need to be um, an actual legit contender. But I do agree that I think Galaxy is going to be fighting for that, for those same spots that the Rapids are going to be fighting. Sure. Because at the end of the day, it's still not a... Clearly, they were at the bottom of the Western Conference for a reason. It was not a good team either. Yep. Neither were the Rapids. But I feel like the Rapids have done more to overhaul their whole uh, roster than than Galaxy the has. Gal yeah. But I, I think agree. Galaxy has more high-end players. Sure. And that's what I'm saying. They, they're both doing it in their own way. Exactly. LA is going to be LA. Their their moves are as, as, as much PR-related as they are actual talent bringing yep. in... Um, you know, and Rapids is, is definitely a little more like, what can we get on the pitch? Exactly. You know? And uh, Gabriel Peck might be that guy. Not a, I haven't seen a lot of him. I can't tell you if it is or not, but hopefully it's not, right? Like, as a Rapids <laughs> fan, we hope that guy sucks. Um, looking at the West, we have teams like Sporting, S uh, Sporting KC that's fighting for Kalen Acosta's signature. We have FC Dallas making a trying to make a move for Musa. Vancouver's going out and getting more uh, more winger help, more strikers. Which team do you think is the biggest competition to the Rapids in getting into that those like between three to seven spots? And a reminder, one through one through five yesterday uh, last year was separated by only six points. I mean, I don't know if you could say it's one team. You know, I, I think it's going to be that group in the middle. Um, because like you said last year, I mean, there's only six points yeah. um, separating those clubs. So I think you have to look at those middle clubs. Um, and, and there may be more middle clubs now. Like, I do think, I, I, whereas normally we're so used to locking LAFC up in yeah. the top, I don't think they're there anymore. I think they you might know? be a play-in. Yeah, I mean, they could be. I mean, I think they're probably a middle club. I don't know. 
Um, you got Houston, which is a big question mark right now. Yeah. With they Coco had a, maybe leaving, yeah. which went, I think was the motor of that team. And they had, like, such an awesome turnaround last year and, you know, really, like, had a meteoric rise in the second half. But now they've got question marks. So it's like maybe, you know... I don't know. Then this is all happening right now <laughs> yeah. in my head. Maybe it's not that middle group that everybody's fighting for within the six points. Maybe the six points is really between the top five teams versus those middle five yeah. teams, you know, for the Western Conference this year. Um, everyone was trying to scrape into the playoffs last year. And now, you know, whereas the top was really locked in with Houston, LAFC, St. Louis, Louis, Seattle, um, Seattle, you know, now maybe, I mean, Seattle is probably still going to be up there. Yeah. Um, but now you've got teams that are really on the move because of the off season. You've got Rapids, you've got Galaxy, you've got Portland, which has made some nice moves that no, no one's really talking about. Um, SKC figured it out yeah. at the end of last year. So I, I think it might be more of that top five teams, you know, that are really going to be separated by a small margin of points that maybe decision day this year is less about getting into the playoffs and more about who's going to finish at the top of the West, which would be a way more fun storyline. Um, you know, and I see the Rapids kind of probably in that middle group. You know, we don't know yet, mm -hmm. uh, but maybe it's in that middle group with Houston, with Salt Lake, um, you know, with LAFC, I don't think Austin is going to be very I good this Austin year. I think Austin hasn't done much. Yeah, I'm not. They're probably going to be fighting to get into the playoffs this year. They remind me a lot of the Rapids when they won first in the West and they've yeah, kind of like dropped off, off and they're just dropping off slowly. That's kind of what it feels like a little bit with them. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's going to be kind of that middle group is is kind of you know. And, and I'm not looking at all of the West teams. I, I don't have it up on my you know laptop. But you know you're thinking Salt Lake, Rapids, um, probably LAFC because I don't think they're going to be super high up there. Houston, um, you know it's going to be that middle group of clubs. Um, you know Portland could well Portland might be above that. You know we don't know yet, but um, I think those are going to be. The biggest competition. Those, yeah, it really is. SKC is always competition. So, yeah. But I do think the interest this year is not going to be like, wow, look at all these teams separated by just a couple points to get into the playoffs. I think it's going to be more, wow, look at all these teams that could win the Western Conference. And it's, you know, within the last two games, like yeah. those. Kind of like positions the, year the Rapids could, won the first. Yeah, where. They kind of backed in because three teams all lost. Could be another one of those. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, we really appreciate you guys hanging out with us on a Wednesday morning. A beautiful Wednesday morning, I would say, right? It's and nice today. It's we gorgeous. Have a couple of nice days this week. Oh, dude. I mean, Colorado's great. Um, don't forget to give us give this video a like. We'd really appreciate it. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. I noticed that half of you guys aren't subscribed to us, and that's really upsetting. So please do me a favor and subscribe to this channel. He's so upset. Also, give us a five-star review wherever you hear, uh, <laughs> wherever you listen to Apple to your podcast, whether it be Apple, Stitcher, Spotify. Really appreciate it. Really get those listens and downloads up. It really helps us out. Um, Dwayne, anything else to add? Yeah, become a diehard. Uh, we talk about it every week. Um, jump in. It's an easy way to get a very affordably priced T-shirt every year. Um, for whatever Denver sports team you're into, you get uh, discounts to the Rapids takeovers, uh, discounts at the bar, all of those things that Mitch normally talks about. Um, but jump in, become a diehard, join the, you know, the elite inner circle of DMVR. We'd love to have you. Um, you know, outside of that, if you're still looking for another way to get a very affordable T-shirt from DMVR, we have a really great promo going with Bet365 right now. All you have to do is download the Bet365 app. When you're starting your account, enter the code DNVR365. All you have to do is deposit 10 bucks into your account. Two things then happen. One, you, after you make your first bet with that 10 bucks, uh, you're going to get $150 free to play with. 
Um, so maybe you want to put all $150 of that because it's free money on the Rapids winning the cup. If they do, you're going to have a crap ton of money because Plus those 10, odds 000, baby. are insane right now. <laughs> um, you know, uh, the other thing is you want to take a screenshot that you put that $10 into your account and then you're going to email that um, to the links in our description. Yeah, the links in our description. Uh, so you're going to email that over to promo at DMVR, I think. Yep. Um, and once they see that, then you're going to get a free T-shirt of your choice uh, for any DMVR T-shirt, which is pretty dope. Uh, so whether you want a DMVR Rapid shirt or you want a Jokic shirt, um, what you want that new Todd Helton finally got into a Hall of Fame shirt, uh, whatever it is, um, it's basically a $10 shirt. Plus you get $150 to play with at bet three, six, five. So uh, that's the best, that's the best thing, you know, best promo we've got going on right now. At oh, it's, an, it's an incredible promo. All right, guys. And most importantly than all, what could it how, be? How we end every show in honor of Mitch and sending good vibes his way up the pits. Y'all silly like the mayor. 